This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Jason on from a company called Harvey Nash, and we'll be talking about the findings from the 2021 Digital Leadership Survey. And it's a study that they do, and I can't wait to kind of get into the findings and results and all that kind of stuff with Jason. So, Jason, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and also uh, Harvey Nash? Absolutely. Thank you so much, William. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for allowing me some time with you today. Um, So, yes, as you shared, uh, Jason Pyle, I'm Managing Director and President of Harvey Nash USA. Uh, which is the U.S. operation of Harvey Nash Group. And uh, for those that haven't heard of the brand, uh, Harvey Nash Group is, is a global brand, one of the 40 largest recruitment and staffing industry firms in the world uh, with over 30 years in the industry, 2,800 uh, plus employees, internal employees globally, 40 offices. Uh, our U.S. business in particular has been in operation for over two decades and uh, experiencing tremendous growth. Uh, we serve some of the largest brands in the world, Fortune 500, uh, state governments, as well as some small to mid-sized businesses across the U.S. and, and of course, around the globe. Uh, core purpose, uh, helping move our clients and candidates um, forward through talent, technology, and uh, it's a great place to be right now, certainly experiencing uh, a great deal of growth. Me personally, Oh, do go you, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, dude. Does uh, does Harvey Nash do y'all focus um, on any particular vertical markets or like hourly or tech or or any of that other stuff? And the second question is, uh, do y'all as a, as a staffing firm do y'all also do some type of RPO model as well, or do you stick to the, just the staffing side of things? Absolutely. Thanks. A great question. So we're actually a very diverse um, business with both a um, contract recruitment, mm-hmm. permanent placements, full-time recruitment, also solutions businesses that focused on technology and solution outsourcing, as well as um, projects and statement of work business. Oh, uh, cool. Our core focus is in information technology. As you can imagine, though, that's evolved a little bit. You know, we certainly uh, work in in other verticals, other other domains, business, professional staffing and recruitment as well. But the core is is foundationally, fundamentally, and for the last uh, thirty years has been focused in and around technology. That is our core area, and certainly on the back, you mentioned the digital leadership survey, something we're extremely proud of uh, that we've published uh, recently, and and it centers around technology leaders. Um, incidentally, too, you know, I've been in the space for, for over two decades myself and um, pretty much all my post-college working life, you know, love the industry, uh, putting people in great opportunities, helping customers solve uh, some tough challenges. Of course, talent, talent shortages being one of those today, right? That's a, that's a prevailing topic. Um, you know, you cover quite well and um, as do many, you know, across the space. So I've uh, been in that space for a long time. 
And um, yeah, looking forward to digging in on that. All righty. Well, let's do that. So, you know, my experience with market research mm-hmm. uh, has, has always been kind of, you know, you start off with kind of a hypothesis or, you know, kind of some type of idea of what you're going to get. You build a base of questions and then you go out, you, you know, the audience then gives you respondents and give you feedback. And there's always kind of like three things. The On one side, there's things that you kind of knew, you know, you were going into it like, yeah, it kind of feels right. And it validates it on the other extreme. It's like totally out of left field, had no idea this was going to like, like we asked a question thinking like they would answer one way, 96% of their people answered a completely different way. And so there's a shock and awe on that side. And then the stuff in the middle, that's like, eh, you know, <laughs> happens like it sure. is not necessarily validating, you know, it's, it's the, the worst thing you can ever see in market research is something that happens 50-50. So you ask people a question and it's like 50% of them say yes, 50% of them say no. It's like, Absolutely. okay, I got, I got no smarter understanding this. But anyhow, so let's, let's kind of, and it would, not the middle category, that's not interesting. Sure. But, the, but the two extremes, the things that kind of validated things that you kind of knew or felt like, yeah, like a sniff test. Yeah, this makes, this makes sense. And then the stuff that just shocked you. Definitely. Definitely. I'm happy to, happy to dive in on those. So I guess for a little bit of backstory, um, the, the survey, Harvey Nash has been publishing the survey for 23 years. So it, it's, you know, it's a longstanding oh, um, cool. bit of data that, that, that we can compare and contrast. It used to be called the CIO survey. Right. And we expanded that to digital leaders, realizing that, you know, business managed IT is, is, is such where, your, your CIOs um, maintaining that, that, that vision for the direction, technology direction of the business, but you have a lot of different operators walking parallel you know, with them across the enterprise. And so this was a way for us to, uh, the digital leadership survey was representative to what we're seeing, what businesses are seeing in their information technology departments. And so fortunately, we, we've been able to, it, it is the most comprehensive report of its kind when it comes to surveying senior technology decision makers, 2,100 plus respondents from all across the world, 80 plus countries represented, 3 million plus data points. So it is a great resource for anybody interested in technology, but also certainly folks that are in, in, in our space, you know, in the recruitment space. Uh, there was a number of things that, that hit on what you just what you just mentioned. So things that you, you know, technology investment is up rather considerably. A um, little bit of a surprise because as, as we went to remote environments in 2020 um, and businesses just rapidly digitized at a, at a rate in which they never had before, it, it you know, you, you'd kind of like to think, I guess, maybe that all the, you know, that we had invested a lot and maybe we would see that ease a little bit. That's not that's not happened. So maybe a little bit of a surprise that that's continued to go up as it has. Um, the, the thing, though, that really prevailed in this, and at least for, for, for me, you know, in, in our space, in, in the recruitment space, is just this topic of talent shortage. And, and, and some surprising ways and practical ways, I think, that leaders, digital leaders, are working to address that. So, you know, more than, than two-thirds of digital leaders in the report are really sharing that they're unable to keep 
pace with change because of the lack of expertise on their teams. And, and it's the highest number of respondents that shared this concern in the 23 years, again, going back to um, you know, starting this, this report. And so it, it showcased cybersecurity, big data, DevOps, technical architects, developers, all things that, again, we would probably say that does kind of, you know, kind of make sense. Um, but one of the really um, interesting things that jumped out is four of 10 digital leaders surveyed, so 40% um, believe they're, they're keeping their key personnel. They're not keeping their key personnel for as long as they would like. And a big portion of that is due to employees leaving to other opportunities, money, um, sheer influx of opportunities that, that, that they're receiving makes it a very complicated uh, thing for them, for, for digital leaders to address. And I don't know that you know, only 29% in comparison to that. So you've got a big number of people losing their talent, their key talent um, to other opportunities and, and, and dollars um, and overall perhaps benefits. But only 29% of organizations responded as saying that they've redesigned employee offers. And, uh, and that includes everything, right? So that's all of your benefits and, and your compensation and, and you know, ways of working and, and, and the perks associated with that. Certainly this business is, you know, and, and, and folks aren't doing it all just for the money, right? So that, right. that's for sure. But that is a component, right? And, and the fact that organizations have a chance to maybe look at that is, is a challenge they face, but 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 I think it's also an opportunity to bridge this talent gap. Do you think, um, just you know, as you as you look at the data, Jason, or the findings, do you think remote or hybrid for candidates and employees and some of the attrition, what people you know call the great resignation, do you think some of that is just due to the you know two years hunkered down? you know, in the same place, terrified about the world ending and all that other stuff. And people just want a change or is it some of it that they don't want to go back to an office or the anxiety of going back or commute? Like, um, have you, have you pegged any of that from just either the study or just your own experience with, with, uh, Harvey Nash USA in terms of candidates, you know, wanting to be remote or wanting to go back in the office or having some type of anxiety around, you know, where work gets done. Definitely. No, I, I, that's a great question. So obviously hybrid's not going away. And, and, and right. you know, nearly 60% of, of, of the organizations and the leaders that responded are saying they're, they're okay with that. You know, they're expecting perhaps maybe some sort of middle ground, a two to three day, right. you know, work, work day, but, but hybrid's here. It's going to stay here. I do think that everything that we faced over the last 20 or so odd months, um, I think we've all, right, um, just, you know, assessed where we are, assessed life and, and, and all of that. And so, yes, some of that has to do with fear of the virus maybe is causing people to assess things, fear of, you know, the kind of the social separation, not feeling maybe as a part of the organization as, uh, because of that remoteness, because of working outside of your organization, we've all learned to collaborate well. You know, talking to you with you today on Zoom, it's easy to hop on to hop on uh, video calls and so forth. But but really, we've lost a little bit of that in-person connection. And so, 
um, that does have people questioning their opportunities. Maybe it's, and, and sometimes, you know, the grass is, isn't always greener, but if, if someone's assessing that and they take that leap, well, it's too late if they've left your organization. So I think what organizations can do, what digital leaders can do and, and CIOs and anyone uh, leading people, right, can right. starts with connection and, and communicating, evaluating the ways that we are engaging with our team members, pulling them in, uh, making sure we, you know we know what's going on, what they're facing, what support they need, what gaps exist right today, and in, in that the fears they have. I think we have to get really on the level with our teams, um, you know, wherever we may be, to make them feel a part of what's going on, right, and feel that connection. We all want to, you know, going back to that money and perks. One perk is is that, right, that that engagement feeling like you're a part of something bigger and, and that's a big impact on retention. So yes, I, I know everyone is questioning, looking, thinking, and uh, there is an opportunity to, um, to, to, to reach out. And we're finding 80% of the organizations and the digital leaders surveyed in this report are evaluating and have evaluated or taking, taken massive steps forward in that communication piece. How are we connecting with one another uh, in, you know, in the day-to-day, in the way that we work. And it certainly helps you feel a part of something. So, okay. So other things that shocked you in the survey, and I love that it's a longitudinal study uh, that, that y'all have, because just, you know, year after year, you're going to be able to, you know, <laughs> be able to compare it with things that you've seen historically, which is just fantastic. Um, other things that shocked you in the findings? So, I'm going to waver off the shock part and, and more, I would say, say something that jumped out at me as a very practical, you know, because I, I think that you're thinking about all these big ways that companies are addressing things and that digital leaders are addressing things. And one of the things that did come across as a bit interesting, it was a little bit of a surprise, but also extremely practical in approach is over 50% of the people that responded are purely just addressing some of these talent challenges with team cross-training in massively increasing cross-training initiatives really as a way to broaden their overall teams. You know, that, that we know that talent shortages are not eradicated with a snap of a finger. And I think this sort of shares that digital leaders realize this. They realize that this is a long game and that uh, in order to address it properly, you've, you've got to start at home. You know, you've got to look at the team members that you have, assess those gaps across um, your, organ- your IT organization, and then invest in your team to improve and to, to help, you know, strengthen certain skill gaps that they might have. Uh, teams may be, uh, you know, you have a team member that has, extremely strong experience in one area and another that can complement that. And how do you get that um, improved across the entirety of your, your organization? So not rocket science stuff, right? But, but, a, but a very important step forward to, for a business and an IT organization to be able to meet the needs of its business now, um, but also to, um, to improve, to improve and strengthen its team. And I also think that's good for, for your employees. Uh, that's right. an investment in your employees. That, that shows them that you value, want to see their growth and development. And again, the fact that the, the technology has become so much more user-centric 
and um, you know, business manager IT has mentioned, there's more opportunities to learn those technologies and skills. And uh, you know, we hear every day of, of, of folks, you, you mentioned like the, the great resignation or reassessing life plans. You have folks that were in completely different careers stopping for a moment and saying, you know what, I really want to get into information technology. I want to be in the tech space and, you know, I'm, I'm in, in midlife and I want to change. And so that's an, that's a great, it's a great thing. And, and so uh, companies realizing that and helping build and, and improve their existing teams, I think is a, is a great way to address that. Probably not something I would have thought we would just, we would just see as one solution to the problem. And actually the number one focus of, of existing uh, digital leaders. I love that. I love it. You know, what I love on, on several levels is the investment. You know, we used to look at training and uh, or at least the CFO and CEO would look at, at training and, and that popular, what if we train them and they leave? Uh, and so people wouldn't invest uh, for years. They would invest in training and learning and development uh, because of the fear. And now it's like, well, what if we don't train them and they stay? And so I think that's finally sunk in and I think candidates and employees have kind of driven some of this change with if you don't train me someone else will absolutely so absolutely. I love the investment I love the kind of the, the articulation of okay we have to do this differently harvest talent we have to look at our talent differently but I also like the other part of kind of creating more opportunities internally absolutely you know, if and you, that's what it does. Yeah. yeah. If you invest in those folks, you put them into some type of training, it opens up more doors internally to the firm. Did you, did you find out any other, were there any other tidbits around internal mobility? Um, so definitely, uh, you know, it, it, it does increase those opportunities. You're going to give a, a, someone a chance to learn a new skill and one that, that you might find they are extremely well suited to, and that's going to create that opportunity for growth and development. Doesn't mean that, that, um, that, you know, the, the employer doesn't still need to go out and fill some, some gaps and, and fill some areas, but giving a, a team a chance to, to cross train and to move into other areas of your IT operation is, um, it's, it's just practical and, and certainly a great way to go. So I think the respondents have shared that, that there's an intention to do that again, because they know that this isn't just going to change right. overnight. You know, right. you have a lot of folks in, involved in helping to solve it. We're an agency and obviously, you know, external um, to the organizations that we serve, but, but a partner. And so there's, there's ways that, that we can help extend reach, but keeping, keeping your team, um, keeping them happy, keeping them comfortable, and uh, and feeling like they're growing and and within your organization is extremely important. Does the, does the study uh, does it cover in any way, shape, or form kind of the relationship to agencies? Like what it leaders, does, yeah, you know, like it, what it, leaders think about agencies or how they're you know how they're morphing, how they're changing, how they're interacting with agencies. Like, it, did you get anything out of the data there? Certainly does. Well, you know, so forty five percent. Of respondents expect an increase in, in leveraging consultancies, uh, 44% leveraging permanent hiring externally, bringing in agencies to. So I, I think that, that indirectly that, um, that sort of lends, lends to the thought that the companies know that and leaders know that they, they've got to work this on multiple channels, a retention program, right? Um, expanding their external reach 
casting a wider geographical net for talent, you know, not just looking at hybrid helps us. What we've dealt with over the last 20 months certainly helps us. But um, yeah, I, I think that there's a positive nature that now, now we have our part to do too, right? So as, a, right. as an external agency, I, we can out, we can help amplify external reach. Um, but you can't react. You know, this isn't a reactionary business. You've got to really get ahead of it. And I think that one way that leaders can help ensure that is to really have a conversation with the the companies you utilize to um, the agencies that you utilize to help um, supplement your internal search and, and recruitment to make sure that they have a plan for your business, you know, that they're walking parallel, they understand your needs, they know where the direction of the organization is heading. That requires a, a more informed conversation. So digital leaders and CIOs and, um, and hiring managers have to let agencies in a little bit, right? And give them a, a bit of a, a forward look into where they're going, where their pain points are. But then I, I think the onus comes back to, to the agency to help provide a, a roadmap, right? This is how we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to get ahead of your needs by, um, by, by, by pipelining appropriately and it, and being realistic with that. You know, it's going to take a number of months to really fill those pipelines with, with candidates line up for, for what's, what good looks like for your organization and meets those technology demands. Um, and making sure that, that you're holding those agencies accountable to that they're doing that, right? That they're walking that, they're setting those, those SLAs and, and, and those milestones and meeting that month to month, quarter to quarter, uh, because it's a problem that we all have to have to, you know, to take, to take stock in. And I would also say too, piggybacking off of that, we've seen some flexibility in this with again, 50 plus percent saying that they're leaders saying they're, they're okay with, with the remote and hybrid model. And I think that gives us a chance as an agency to cast a, a wider geographical net, something right. that, you know, we highly recommend because as you know, the best fit for a role might not be right in your own backyard. It, it, it regionally extending that reach, even nationally extending that, that search to ensure you're, you're attracting the best. And we advise that and we believe that's, that's a best approach. Uh, there are some, some scenarios maybe that, that might prevent that, but wherever we can be flexible in that and continue with this hybrid model, I think is, is, is better for organizations to, to, to solve this challenge. I love it. So uh, two things uh, before we wrap. One is, is, you know, leaders always kind of look at, you know, what they know, the, you know, the CEO's dilemma used to be, uh, I don't know what I don't know, you know, those blind mm-hmm. spots, right? Sure. It's really kind of all of our, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not just their dilemma, it's all of our dilemma, but sure. it's, it's, uh, it's a perception of where you think they might be blindsided. What do you think that is separate from that is what do you, what do you think is keeping them up at night? today as opposed okay. to as opposed yeah. to you know maybe maybe in last year's report you know what would have kept them up last year's report was really total chaos right because we were right in the thick of things and there was just a lot of unknowns okay we're a year later still a lot of unknowns <laughs> no definitely it's however definitely. you know maybe after you're doing it for a year maybe the anxiety is left i and i don't know that any of that, that to be true but just on one level i'd like to just get your take on where you think the blind spots might be for leaders? And then what do you, th- what do you think is keeping them up at night? 
Well, I, I think that the, the, the age of disruption that, that has been created as a result of, of the last 20 months is still keeping organizations up at night. So rapid digitization, um, now what is what is coming into the primary focal point for digital leaders and, and uh, technology leaders is uh, helping the business create new products and services to support their uh, their growth and half the organizations that uh, that we're seeing respond and and and, uh, and um, respondents I should say have massive plans to transform their business. I'm not talking just evolutionary, but to transform their business the next two to three years just to keep up. So that obviously keeps their team up at night, and you can apply that to the you know with the talent shortages that we're seeing and facing today. And I, I hate to be redundant, but, it, but it's, it's a massive, how do you do that? You know, how do you transform your business uh, at the level that we're hearing and seeing from respondents and what is expected over the next two to three years when you can't find the talent to, right. so that that's obviously going to keep. Uh, and, and, and then I also think too, there's a well-being piece to this that, that digital leaders are facing. So you've got teams, you've got some gaps in and needs you're, you have an age of disruption, two to three years, um, you know, rapid transformation. And you're also dealing with an employee base that's really stressed right now that that has um, the pandemic has, has really caused folks to to really admit that that mental illness and and well-being is so. How do you help fix that? You know, and, and organizations are, are doing a good job and in, in, in investing in ways to, or starting to do a good job, I should say, in ways to help their their employees deal with stress. Um, you know, we, we started a, a well-being hub. It's publicly facing too. You can uh, wellbeing.harveynashgroup.com and you can, it, it's publicly facing. So anybody, we, we wanted, when we created this, we thought, well, let's, we want to put this out there, but we, you know, it is for our internal team, of course, but, but it's really for anybody that want, needs us help in, in uh, you know, nutrition, managing stress, managing their finances, ways to kind of mitigate some of the pressures that, um, that we deal in today. So it's really a combination of that, that disruption, that talent shortage, and dealing and working and helping your team um, cope in a, in a rapidly changing environment. All of that's keeping our, our leaders and companies and, and, and folks up at night. So where where's this uh, where's the study available? Because I know people listening Absolutely. to the podcast are, they're going to you know obviously want to seek it out and, and look at it themselves and kind of consume it on their on their own terms. So where's it located? Yeah, absolutely. So if you if you go to uh, and we can I don't know if we can show note this as well. We can um, oh yeah provide we will. A, provide a link too. But www.harveynashusa.com. If you just look in news and insights, you can download a copy um, of the digital leadership um, report survey. Uh, I think that uh, all your listeners will, will gain something from it. Every time I look at it, it I, I see another, you know, something else that I hadn't seen before. And, and we've been uh, just released um, about two weeks back and we're getting a very positive response. And uh, yeah, I recommend everybody take a look. I love it. Well, brother, thank you so much for your time today. And thanks for coming on and explain, you know, explaining what you found with the study. But let's do it next year after you do the Absolutely. next study because you'll learn new things. And, and uh, the audience is going to want to learn what you're learning as well. So it's just thank you for your time. William, thank you for the time. I greatly appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. 
Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 